And it's so important that you do get rid of it on the shop floor, not only because it is disruptive to production. You may have an employee taking pictures of processes or drawings or other private information, and all of a sudden it ends up on the Internet. Cell phone use on the shop floor is something that is a big problem by most employers. If the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping, then you are Metal Working Nation. This is Making Chips, where we talk all things metalworking, engineering and design, production and tooling combined with business best practices, technology, marketing, news, and new media for manufacturing professionals. Here are your hosts, business owners, metalworking experts, and guys who get dirty on the factory floor, Jim Carr and Jason Zanger. Now, let's make some chips. Welcome, everybody, to Making Chips, where we equip manufacturing leaders. We are coming to you from Chicago, and we have in the studio today with us Carla Dobick and, of course, Jim Carr. Hey, Jason. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. How you doing, Carla? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. So before we um, get into the episode where we introduce Carla and let everybody know what we're talking about, Jim, what's new with you? What's going on in business? Oh, car machine. Uh, well, you know, I had shared with everybody before my marketing plan. We're we're doing that. We're getting a new website going. But I got to tell you, if our listeners go back to podcast number one, our very first podcast where I talked about social media increasing your SEO, I got a fairly sizable customer in the last couple of weeks. That's awesome. They Googled me. <laughs> they didn't Google Jim Carr. They must have Googled machining in, in Elk Grove Village, Illinois. And I came up, they contacted me and Quoted a few jobs, and what do you know? I got a new customer. So the power of the internet, Jason. Great. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good to hear. And I attribute that to good SEO via my social activity. Yes. We talked about before how there's like kind of indirect relationship between the two of them. And so we'll, we'll have to get maybe get into the SEO factor a little bit more we in the future. We should talk about that again. It's very important. Yeah, we should. So, Jim, last time we talked, it was a Saturday night, and you were quoting out a job. Yeah, and I, remember, on, I remember that. Yeah, exactly, Saturday night. So, And you were using onlinemetals.com. So how did that go? Oh, Jason, I got to tell you, it was awesome. You know, I had no idea, but I had about uh, 10 different line items on that proposal. It was super hot. And I didn't know, but on onlinemetals.com, you have the ability to have them price out custom cut lengths. Like some of the items were like uh, 10 pieces of half by three by 12 and five sixteenths long, 60-61 aluminum. And they priced it out per piece cut to length. It was awesome. I got to tell you, it really saved me a lot of time. Wow, that's great. You know, here at Making Chips, we're proud that ThyssenKrupp is actually a sponsor of ours. And if you go to onlinemetals.com and you use the promo code CHIPS, C-H-I-P-S, through the end of July, through July 31st, 2015, you can get 15% off your order. That works for me. More profit in my bucket, right? There you go. So in this episode, um, you're, you're done talking, right, Jim? I am. Okay, cool. But we don't want to forget about the, the fun stuff that's coming up in the... Why yeah. don't you go ahead? Well, Jace and I are thrilled. We're super excited to share with you, our listeners, that uh, we are taking Making Chips on the road. Yeah, we're going to be podcasting on the beach Well, in our bathing suits. <laughs> that would be fun. That would be fun. But uh, we're going out to San Diego. Ray Zaganto of Bilink has this new um, 
innovative place called the hardware store where they bring engineers together. It's kind of like a Starbucks for engineers. It's like the third place to go. They did a lot of R&D research. They found out that uh, two of the hotbeds in the country where the highest concentration of engineers and engineering colleges are are Raleigh, North Carolina and San Diego, California. I think Chicago's up there too. It's just that he chose not to do anything here because that's where they're headquartered. Right. And that's where they, they would do all the production runs and everything else. So the whole concept is bring these engineers into their facility, equip them with a 3D printer, a tabletop CNC, let all the stuff in their head just come out onto the floor, on the shop floor, on the, on the hardware store floor. They've equipped it with uh, Bilink engineers to, yeah, to solve their problems. To solve their problems. They've got ProE, they've got SolidWorks, and just it's, it's a culmination of all these great ideas. They do these uh, midnight lunches there. It's called uh, a midnight lunch lab. And I guess years ago, Thomas Edison did these, and it was a great way to collaborate. But anyway, The Thomas Edison? The Thomas Edison. I don't know where they got that from, but yeah, it's going to be fun. The grand opening is Tuesday, July 21st from 4 to 6 p.m. The address is one zero. 211 Pacific Mesa Boulevard in San Diego. That's in North San Diego County. Jason and I are going to be there from the hours of 4 to 6 p.m. And we would love to meet any of our listeners that are in California, especially in the San Diego area. Come and talk to us. We'd love to meet you. Yeah, and if they come in, if they say... If you're not making chips, you're not making money. We'll give you a free, free t-shirt. making chips t-shirt. So, and also... Another, I haven't even gotten one of those t-shirts yet. You haven't. I've got them at my office. You'll get one eventually. All right, what size you. are you? I'll, I'll hold one. So uh, large. All right. Well, we hopefully we'll have a good turnout of uh, Making Chips listeners at the hardware store. But the other thing, too, is it's really exciting is Jason and I, while we're on the road, if you manufacturing uh, listeners out there have a unique product or process that you're doing in your in your shop and you'd like us to highlight it we'd love to come and visit you while we're in southern california and interview you and highlight it on one of our future shows yeah if you're listening to our podcast and you're thinking to yourself jim and jason should be interviewing me Absolutely. i should be on the show if you are let us know if you think you're that person call us at 312-725-0245 or leave a comment uh, on our website in the contact area, we will call you back. We will listen to it. We'll vet you out, and hopefully, we can meet in person and get you some uh, national or worldly exposure. Yeah, we're going to be bringing um, some recording equipment with us. So, yeah, it's going to uh, be a lot can, of fun. We could do a, a recording right there in San Diego. Yeah, and free fish tacos and local brews. I'm in. Yeah, I love tacos. I do too. I love brews. So, what do we got? I'm going to introduce Carla Davik. We're going to be talking about HR. As our listeners know, we talk about a variety of, of different subjects. So anything that's going to equip the manufacturing leader. And I know that HR issues, nobody wants to talk about it. It's a pain in the neck. You get in trouble for it. You know, um, We want to protect our listeners, protect the manufacturing community. So that's why we have Carla on the show, and we're going to talk about this. So Carla is the president of Human Resource Techniques. She's a specialist in HR management and employment law for manufacturing companies. Um, now, Carla specifically is involved with Illinois law. So a lot of what we're going to be talking about is related to Illinois law, but she's going to point that out. But there's also a lot of uh, national U.S. laws that um, that pertain to what she does. So Carla provides on-site consultation at the manufacturing plant, training, HR department mentoring and development, and she's endorsed by several associations. As far as her designation goes, she has PHR after her name, which is a professional in human resources. So welcome, Carla. 
Hey, thanks so much for having me, Jason. Jim, good to see you as well. It is. It's it's certainly a pleasure to have you here. I, I know we've known each other for quite some years now, and I, I'm really glad you were receptive to coming in today because it's all about equipping manufacturing uh, leaders. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we're we're just trying to do what we do, and we, we don't know it all, but with all this cumulative and collaborative help, we can probably get some questions answered. So, so we're going to kind of say that this episode is called "How to Get Rid." of that bad apple in the shop. Carla, yeah. you, you've heard that before. I sure have. <laughs> Carla, Carla's an expert, by the way, working with small and mid to even some large uh, manufacturing companies. And we're here today because this is an ongoing thing that it keeps reoccurring and she hears it all the time. And being that I have a small shop, I, I don't necessarily have that problem. I'm lucky that I don't have big employment problems. I think the culture of our company is healthy and I want to continue to grow that healthiness. But again, there's some companies out there that just aren't that lucky. And we, Carla's here to tell us and give us some tips on if you've got that person in the shop that's acting up, how do we go ahead and get rid of them? So let's take an example. One of my all-time pet peeves is, and it's changed, of course, is You've got that person on the shop floor using that cell phone. How do we mitigate that, Carla? How do we cut it out? I mean, it's chronic nowadays. The, the, the millennials are in the, in the shop. They're so connected. They live vicariously through their smartphones. How do we get rid of it on the shop floor? Yeah, the, and it's so important that you do get rid of it on the shop floor, not only because it is disruptive to production. You may have an employee taking a, snapping a picture of another employee who may be standing in a precarious way. You may have an employee taking pictures of processes or drawings or other private information, and all of a sudden it ends up on the Internet. Cell phone use on the shop floor is something that is a big problem by oh. most employers. Right. Um, I agree with that. And the best way to contain that is to make an example of one or two of your employees. Give us an example of how, how that would carry through. Sure. You You have a rule in place, and the rule is... No cell phone use on the shop floor. Uh, and employees will come to you and say, well, I have to be able to get a hold of my kids. It's an emergency. Well, before there were cell phones, offices have phones. They have phone lines. And in the olden days, if there was an emergency, your family member would call the office and the office would get a hold of you. There's no reason just because there are cell phones now that that shouldn't still be occurring. What kind of phones are those? Landlines. <laughs> Landlines, oh, Jason. I don't remember. <laughs> Oh, come on. You can tell there are a few ages here yes. going on, a couple generations. Um, it's a good dynamic. I though. actually had to fire my first employee. It wasn't a shop employee. It was an office employee because all she was doing was texting. And all I saw were dollars just filtering out of my checking account, and I was getting absolutely nothing in return. So if you make an example of one or two of those employees, you will see the other employees fall in line. Do you do something written in a written format? Absolutely. You should have a, a company policy okay. stating when it is appropriate and when it is not appropriate to use cell phones. Typically, employers say that unless you're authorized, because they do have some employees who are authorized to use their cell phones right. for a variety of reasons, unless you're authorized, you're not using your cell phone on the shop floor. You can use it at lunch, you can use it at breaks, but you cannot use it on the shop floor several companies that because of propri proprietary information, they do not allow any type of, of device that is has a camera, which are, of course, now yeah, most I've cell phones before, absolutely. on their shop floor. They just don't allow it. So yeah, Carla, so 
you've got this employee. How many times, how many warnings do you give them? I know it's comp- your company policy not to have it, but you see the guy sneaking out of his toolbox and, you know, he's heads down and he, he's looking at his cell phone. I mean, write him up once, write him up twice, three strikes and you're out. Is that how it works? You know, in the old days, again, with unions, unions had one, two, three strikes, you're out. Okay. Um, employers don't have to have any set number of write-ups these days. I would probably suggest that you have at least two. Okay. And then maybe a third, it would be a final a final chance or a last chance agreement where the employee understands that not only if they're using their cell phone, but if they're breaking any other company rules, the next We're time get to they're, that one next. they're down. They're, yeah. they're done. They're done. Okay. They're gone. I, I want to interject a little bit sure. on this. So sure. what, what if you're... What if your star player is the one that's breaking the rule? He or she is the most productive person in the plant. They're getting all the jobs done. I mean, they are just your shining star. But they pause to text, to do whatever, and it doesn't seem to impede their production. What do you do? Because, I mean, you're going to fire that star employee? What if they don't show up to work tomorrow? Well, I understand, but still, they're the ones that are, you know, obviously the person that is not, that is unproductive is unproductive because they're using the cell phone, but your star employee is productive despite that. So, I mean, how do you manage that when you say, I have a three strike policy? Am I going to let go my, my best employee? Sure. And there's a couple ways you can manage that. You, again, no one is irreplaceable. Everybody is replaceable. Right. So let's say that guy is hit by a truck tonight and he's not in tomorrow. You're going to have the same problem. So either you bite the bullet and you go ahead and you write him up and you terminate, even though he's your star player, or you give him some other responsibility that he is then allowed or authorized to use his cell phone. So if he's a, I'm sorry, Carla, but I, I, I think where you're going with this is if he's a manager, he is authorized to utilize his cell phone. You don't necessarily like it and you don't want it, but he is your star player. You don't want to let him go. So you give him the authority and you let the other employees know that he has the authority to use that phone. Okay. It's okay. still going to create problems it's for you. It's still going to create it, problems. It's yeah. going to create morale problems. Is his work so good? So good that you risk irritating all your other employees just because his work is good. That's the question you have to yeah, ask. And, and that's a legitimate answer. And, and I guess that's why I try to come from the standpoint of, and, and this is just me kind of pushing back a little bit. I tend to not create rules because I want to be sure that if I create a rule, I'm going to enforce it. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And I don't want to, the worst thing that you could do is create a rule and then not enforce it. You're absolutely right. Don't do that. Yeah. So I, I probably wouldn't myself, and this is just me personally, it could be wrong, create a rule about cell phones just because if I've got that situation, I don't want to enforce that. So what I would probably do is have a conversation with the person that's using the cell phone where it is impeding their production. Is that an okay way to manage it? Sure, it's an okay way to manage it. What do you do then when that person says, but Harry gets to use his mm-hmm. cell phone? Yep. I would show them their production numbers. Right, their jobs Can, can you good. put that into the review and say, you're using your cell phone and it's causing you to have this lower production where our average production is you know, 20% higher than right. that. I would just say, you're using your cell phone and quite frankly, your jobs suck. I mean, you need to do something better. I mean, I, I can see that you're using your cell phone all the time. Your jobs suck. What are you going to do to improve this? We need to, we need to bring yeah. it together. And we're using cell phone use as just one example. Sure. I mean, this, right. this could be a scenario with just about anything. It could. It yes. could be dress code. It could. Yeah. Uh, there's a company in Indiana. I won't mention the company's name. It's a very large company. And they have a rule that you have to wear your safety glasses. 
Well, most manufacturing companies should. And the it's rule, an OSHA violation if you rule, don't. Exactly. And the rule is if you don't have your safety glasses on the first time we see you, we will give you a spare pair. The next time we see you, you're fired. Holy And moly. that company has wow. 3,500 employees. And guess what? Everybody wears their safety glasses. Unbelievable. You can't wave a magic wand. And just because you say it's going to happen, employees have to see that there are consequences. And if they know there are consequences, then they have a choice. They either follow your expectations, which I'd rather have expectations than rules personally. Mm -hmm. You can't have 457 thou shalt not because that employee is going to find that 458th one that isn't on the list. Mm -hmm. So I'd rather have a list of expectations. And if you fall outside of those expectations, then that's what where the discipline comes in. But if the employees see that you're serious about your own work environment, then they'll take it serious too. If they see you turning a blind eye, it's like anything else. The front burner items get addressed, the back burner items slide. So if you're going to create that rule, and I agree with you on the safety glasses part, it it better be a very impactful rule You know that you believe is going to make a difference at the company if you're going to abide by one, two, or three strikes and then termination. Sure. And then the other thing, you if you're talking about one, two, and three strikes and you issue a final warning or a final disciplinary notice... Be prepared the next time something happens to take that step and terminate. If you don't, you're undermining yourself, you're undermining your credibility, and that gets out to every employee on your shop floor. Yeah, and I couldn't agree more, which is why, you know, I just, I'm I'm always very hesitant about actually creating the rule, like I said. Let's go on to another one because there's other things. And and this is just what's happening in my shop, and I'm, I'm sure it's happening in other shops too. But what about that chronic, tardy person? I mean, they just can't get to work on time. I mean, again, Jason, I don't know if you have any issues with that in your company. I don't know if you have loose hours. But, you know, I was brought up with a with a work ethic. And I think it's disrespecting that if we start at a specific time, I want you there and I want you punched in before starting time. If you're going to have a problem getting there on time, talk to me. Let me know. Hey, Jim, I'm not going to be able to get in on Wednesday mornings until an hour later. But if they communicate with that me up front, with that me up front, I'm going to be okay with that. Just don't show up five to 15 to 30 minutes late every day. It's disrespectful, first and foremost. Secondly, I don't, I don't know where these people are coming from. So how do we work like that? Is it, is it a one, two, three rule again, three strikes and you're out? Yeah, again, when it comes to attendance issues, there there are a couple things that, that I'd like to see put in place. First, when you're hiring someone, let them know what the hours of work are and ask them if there's any reason that they can't be to work on time on a regular basis. Or ask them, what reason would you have if you're going to miss work? What's the number one reason you'd miss work? And then have that conversation with them at that time about, you know, if you're going to be late, let me know ahead of time. Call in before you're going to be late. Call in within an hour of your starting time. We expect everyone to be here every day on time that they're scheduled to work. We wouldn't have hired you if we didn't need you. So we need you here when we need you here. On this, At the same time, we are a little bit flexible. Everybody has a problem from time to time, and we'll work with you. Absolutely. You just absolutely have to let us know. And if you've had that conversation a few times and they're not listening, let them know what the consequences are. If it happens again, some companies are using now an in-house suspension. What does that mean? Well, translate that. they're suspended, but they're working because you need them to work. So the suspension is going into their record, but they're not getting any time off. Let's face it, somebody with an attendance issue, what do they want? 
they want the time off. Right. So why reward that bad behavior with additional time off? I got it. Absolutely. That's always been a big thing with me. Again, I, I was raised with work ethic and I think it's a lot of it is respect. As I said, Jim, if I had a magic wand to make attendance issues go away, I'd be a billionaire. I bet. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. It's it's everybody has it. And yep. it's just how do we control it? That's the whole thing. Legally. Legally. Yeah. Because you certainly don't want to terminate somebody and not have it documented. And Correct. we'll get to that in just a minute. Correct. There's one other bullet though. What about that guy or gal that's excessive restroom breaks on my time. What about that person that goes to the restroom and is in there for 30 minutes? I mean, how do we control that? This is serious. J- Jason's looking at me. You guys can't see him right now. Jason's looking at me like I'm nuts. You're not nuts. Thank you. Thank you. You've I, heard I've it. actually never encountered that before. Carla, please I mean, help I'm, me. I, it please makes, vet it, this out for it me. It totally makes sense. And we kind of have a thing at our office, like, you know, kind of jokingly, like, you know, it's so-and-so in their office. You know, and that's kind of the joke. But well, if they can't, it's not it's not an issue at our place with length of time or anything like that. So Carla. But sure. yeah, I would love to hear this. <laughs> well, there are a few reasons. Some of them might be medical. If you have an employee who is seems to be taking a lot of bathroom breaks, you might want to sit down with that employee and say, These are you know, we we have established breaks. We understand that occasionally you might have to vary from or deviate from the break time. If you have a chronic condition, we need a note from your doctor so we can provide you with that reasonable accommodation. Very important words. Reasonable accommodation. I'm so the Americans down. with Disabilities Act. We have to be able to provide that reasonable accommodation for you, and we're going to need doctor documentation to sub- substantiate your need for being in the, in the restroom so much. If it's a woman and she's pregnant, just get over it. Because oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. B, she's legally protected. Right. So don't even go there. I hear nowadays you have to, for new mothers, you have to provide a separate room for them to breastfeed their baby. For, to, or to express milk. Yes, this is true. I know that's Illinois. I can't tell you that it's federal. I do know that that's Illinois. And the, and the room has to not be a bathroom. If they ask for it. No. It has to not be a bathroom. The only way it can be a bathroom, you're expressing milk in a bathroom? Doesn't sound right. No, it doesn't sound right. Doesn't doesn't sound sanitary. No, it isn't sanitary. If it's a restroom that only they use and absolutely no one else uses- Oh, a private restroom. You might be able to get away with it, but it should be a room that is not a bathroom, that is not a restroom. For that, There's all kinds of new laws in Illinois regarding discrimination based on pregnancy. Wow. Or post. Post-childbirth, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we've got this guy and uh, or gal again, uh, and they're working out in the shop, and they're just not up to par, and we've done the one, two, threes. We've got all this documented, because that's the critical component of key. all this. Key. Absolutely component. key. Because at the end of the day, when we do decide to terminate his or her employment, we have to have this documentation because the minute that employee goes out of the door, he's going to go to the unemployment office and file an unemployment claim. And he and may go to the EEOC or the uh, State Department of uh, Human Rights okay. and file a lawsuit too. Right. So it has to be well documented. Can you give our listeners any tips that you see over and over again that manufacturers are not doing with regards to documenting these particular types of no-nos? Glad you asked. Yes. 
Um, sure. First of all, all states have rules surrounding when you, the employer, are liable for unemployment. Okay. For instance, in Illinois, an employer is not liable for that employee's unemployment unless that employee has been with the employer for 30 working, working days. days. Yes, I, I, that one I knew. So if, you are, if you've got someone new and you know they're not going to work out, make that decision within the first three or four weeks. You, If you've got a five-day work week, you've got six weeks, but make that decision early on. Right. If you do that, then you are less likely to end up with that unemployment cost. Another thing that is critical, if you do performance discussions, reviews, evaluations, whatever you call them, please do not write satisfactory, satisfactory, say, I hate reading skills. This is one of the reasons why. Or above average or excellent. Don't write that down and because next month you're going to want to get rid of this bum. Okay. And if you want to get rid of the bum next month and he's got a great review sitting there, you've just given him a lot of am- ammo to use against you. Okay. So that would be another another thing. Do write down and give to the employee some kind of documentation, whether you call it a speeding ticket or a disciplinary action or a corrective action or a warning, whatever you call it, where you say, this is what's wrong, this is what needs to be corrected, and these are the consequences if you don't correct it. Got it. Dates, times. If they have that piece of paper and they go to see an attorney, the attorney is going to see that you are well-prepared and probably well within your rights to have made that termination. I understand. Very good. So that's one thing. Is there any more? or are those? Is the- well, make that decision within the first 30 days. Right. Okay. Yes. Doc- documentation is critical. And once you do issue that final warning, Jim, follow through with it. If you're not prepared to terminate, then don't issue a final warning. Because when you issue that final warning and you don't follow through, you've lost all credibility with all of your employees because they're all going to know about it within five minutes. Oh, absolutely. So once you've issued that final warning, there are things you need to do. You need to think how who's going to be covering for this work. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have anybody cross-trained on that machine, get that person up to speed on that machine so that when that happens, you don't wait until it's convenient for you you terminate right then and there the next time that situation happens. Got it. Got it. Let's expand on this a little bit more. So the decision's been made. We've made the termination. We're still well documented, but sure enough, a week or so later, you get the letter from the state of Illinois saying that that employee has gone and filed for unemployment. Sure. You feel as well. You were just, you did everything right. How do we appeal that? Well, first of all, there's going to be a due date on that form. Okay. You make sure that you get it returned to Illinois um, by the date it's due, or you lose all rights for any input into their decision-making process at all. Is that pretty similar across states? Uh, We have a lot of listeners from all across the country. I I assume it is. Yeah, they're going to all have a due date. I can't tell you what the due dates, how far out they are in other states. Um, Illinois, usually seven to 10 days. Okay. And that you have to, to respond. respond. Okay. And they're all probably going to have different reasons why you can or cannot fire somebody Correct. and get out of paying the unemployment costs. Correct. I will caution you, if it has anything to do with their productivity or their skills, you're going to pay. Period. End of conversation. Why is that? Because the unemployment office thinks it's your fault for not training the employee. It's your fault for not giving them the education they need to be successful in the job. No questions asked. No I mean, questions asked. You know, even if you document their training. That's why they give you that 30 days up um, front to make that decision. Are they going to work out or aren't they? Okay, that makes sense. Now, if it's something they chose to do, you have a work rule, and I know you don't like rules, but let's say you have a dress code, and the dress code is you have to wear your uniform. 
and the employee chooses not to wear their uniform. It's a choice they're making. If you let them know that, hey, you've got to wear your uniform, and if you don't, we're going to terminate you, then the employee has chosen not to follow a rule. The employee has chosen not to follow a rule, and you're justified. It's a work rule that's a common work rule. It's not an out-of-the-ordinary work rule. No, not at all. And you've, you've terminated the employee for not following that rule. That was a choice that the employee made. So you're more likely to win that unemployment argument. Okay, that's interesting. But the production levels are just, it's not even a factor. No, you know, yeah, wow. the only thing that you might be able to Silvering, get... Silvering, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The only thing that you might be able to do, and now with the National Labor Relations Board reviews with insubordination, this might not even work anymore. But let's say it's an employee who's been with you for quite a while, right? and their productivity was good, and now all of a sudden it's not good anymore, okay. and it isn't due to any medical, it's, it's just due to they don't want to work for you anymore, and they want to collect unemployment, so they're slowing down. Okay. Which that happens. Which it that does. does happen. Especially around summertime. If you can document that they are not following a direct order... It could be seen as insubordination, mm-hmm. and you might be able to win on insubordination, maybe. But if you say it's their productivity or their skill, those two words are killers. You're not going to win unemployment. Hmm. Very interesting. A quick question. Can a part-time employee file for unemployment and win it? Sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The unemployment amount that they're awarded has to do with their very... All the states have different ways of calculating that. In Illinois, it looks at an 18-month period, not looking at the current three months. So it looks at 15 months out and determines the number of kids they have, whether or not they have a spouse, to figure out how much they're going to earn in unemployment. You could fire someone. They could collect unemployment because you fired them for whatever skills or productivity. They could collect unemployment and work part-time and still collect unemployment. Wow. Because they wouldn't collect as much, but right. they've got that weekly amount. And if they're, whatever they're earning part-time doesn't equal that equal amount, they could still be collecting unemployment on your dime. What is the timeline? 18 for months, or 26 months, 26 months me. Yeah. for- um, Or 20, 26 weeks, excuse 26, me. So a half a year? That, a half a year. It was, that, that just went down then? It was No, they can collect longer, but that's federal. It's not state. Okay. Got it. It's 26 weeks. All right. Good stuff. To all the listeners out there, that this is just painful stuff to take in. It's it's not comforting at all, but it's all stuff that we all need to know. And it's all stuff that you need to know as well. So you're better equipped to make the tough decisions when, when you're faced with it. So, um, you know, just take what Carla says and reach out to her. She would love to talk to you about it. I think we're just about ready to wrap it up too. Carla, do you have something else to add? I do. Go right ahead. <laughs> Give us your she, closing statement. Carla was waving at you know, me saying, I've got something to say. And you know, this is Please. really important. This is this to me is is just so important. So many employers out there get into a game with their employees. And in the the bad apple turns into a game. And it's not monopoly. And it's well, it's not monopoly, but the employer thinks, okay, I'm gonna fix you. I'm gonna demote you. And, a demotion. and that's and that's the punishment. I'm gonna demote you, I'm gonna pay you less. I'm not going to give you the authority you had, but guess what? What? That bad apple is still there. They're contaminating everybody now because what you've done is humiliated him in front of all of his friends. And so that person will look for ways to get back at you. Do not demote. Terminate. End the relationship. Let everybody go on their way. Don't use demotion as a punishment. 
I think that's some Amen. very powerful advice. Yes. I never thought about it that way. I mean, we've never done that, but yeah, that, I, I really appreciate that advice. I would say, you know, going back to my my whole standpoint of, of not liking to have a lot of rules, I mean, we have rules for like our vacation and our paid time off and some other things, of course. I think but, we should do a second to podcast on that with yeah, Carl. Yeah, that. well, yeah. yeah, we really so should. So many more questions. Yeah, and, and I would just say from my standpoint, I like to work on the and I'm sure, Carla, you would agree with me, but it's not always reality. I like to work on the culture of the company right. and really, you know, making sure that we have a good fit behaviorally as opposed to having rules and just, you know, having a good team of people that I know are going to be working towards the same ends that I want to work towards and contributing. Now, like I said, it's not always reality, but that's my goal. So good goal. Yeah. If they want to get a hold of Carl, I think we're about ready to wrap up this episode. Uh, Carla, would you like to come back maybe in, in a few weeks and, uh, do another one? Absolutely. Love to, Jim. That'd be great. But in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of Carla, you can get a hold of her at her website. It's askhrt.com. Again, that's askhrt. From there, there is a contact link that uh, will pop up and you can email her your questions or whatever you hate. Or else there's a, a triple eight number as well. Also, Carla's told us you can connect with her on LinkedIn. It's Carla, K A R L A Dabek D. O-B-B-E-C-K. Uh, she'd be happy to connect with you there. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. I hope that we've educated and enabled some of our listeners because, you, boy, I know, Jason, you know, and I know. This is a tough subject. We don't know it all. We don't know it all. And that's why we're here. That's the mission of this podcast is to share experiences, to better equip you. So when you're challenged with decisions like we just talked about today, you can make a, a little bit better decision on what you do. Absolutely. How do our listeners get a hold of us, Jason? They can go to makingchips.com slash contact, or if they just want to call us, they can call 312-725-0245 and leave a message. Absolutely. Uh, pleasure having you all listen in today, and uh, look forward to hearing your comments. And don't forget, see us in San Diego, July yes. 21st. That's it. That's it. Bam. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share, and what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear, and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. Yeah, so you hear, you hear that in your microphone? Oh, yeah. yeah, so that's why, you we know, we don't want to, we don't want our yeah. listeners to have that sound. Yeah. So.